If you don't know yet, dear listeners, my all-time ultimate top pick movie forever and every day is Jurassic Park. That film stuck with me as a child, and it fueled my passion to become a paleontologist. <laughs> what happened? Real life Tuesday. Yeah, Real yeah. life. But beyond bringing my childhood dreams to life, it sparked my interest in movies and filmmaking. So I dare you all to take a wild guess on my excitement level for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. All right, all right, all right. Slow your roll. You're already wearing your Jurassic Park shirt today, and that's all I'm giving you. So here, have some of my drink. Mm. And be sure, audience, to grab a tall one for yourself. Universal is bringing us back to the prehistoric, and we're going to be your tour guides. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. Much like its predecessor, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, aka Jurassic World 2 here, has had a lot of buzz around it. Now we're going to do our best to keep this review as spoiler-free as possible, but if you prefer going in without any kind of spoiler at all, hit pause now, go get your tickets, and see the movie. For the rest of you guys, you might have already read some early reviews out there, and they have been oozing like a tar pit, grumbling with a bunch of angry film critics. <laughs> They've been saying this film has sucked, that it's terrible, that it's not worth your time. And I just, it, it's making me mad. But you know what? They're, they're all wrong. But before we dive into our review, before I defend this film, <laughs> let's do a quick overview, shall we? How many can you save? Eleven species. Blue is the last of her kind. You'll never capture her. We thought you might know someone who could help. A rescue op? What could go wrong? Hey, Blue. You know me. Come with me. You know you can't stay here. Back your men up right now. who proved raptors can follow orders. You never thought how many millions a trained predator might be once? They're gonna sell them. Not blue. They need it for something else. What is that thing? They made it. This is the most dangerous creature that ever walked the earth. I say we shut this whole thing down. All right, so we return to Isla Numbar, three years after the events of the previous movie, Jurassic World, happens. Now, the island is about to be destroyed by a massive volcanic eruption. It's basically going to take over the entire island. And this sparks a national debate about whether or not it is their duty to save the dinosaurs. And we actually see Jeff Goldblum reprising his role as Ian Malcolm. He is actually anti-Save the Dinosaurs uh, in this film. He does rehash the fact that man should not be messing with nature, or history for that matter. And yes, it's sad, but he says, let the dinosaurs die. Now, let's cut to Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire. She has done a complete 180, going from type A... CEO, power boss, to actually a dinosaur advocate. She's putting all of her smarts into saving the dinosaurs. And this time, finally, 
without heels. <laughs> it's as if the filmmakers heard all the angry complaints about her jaunting through the jungle in pumps. Hmm. Now, just when it looks like all hope is lost for the dinosaurs, some uber-rich guy gives her a call, and this is Benjamin Lockwood, played by James Cromwell, which, uh, fun fact, you might recognize him as the farmer in Babe. Anyways, some stuff is revealed about why he's interested in saving the dinosaurs. Uh, it's a little bit of a spoiler, not going to get into it, but it is important to point out that he has a granddaughter, Maisie, played by Isabella Storm. And actually, this is her film debut, according to IMDb, and her character becomes uber important later on in the story. Yeah, and this rich Lockwood guy, he gives Claire all of this money and all of these resources that she needs to actually save the dinosaurs. But... There's one caveat. She has to get Owen Grady back, a.k.a. the gorgeous Chris Pratt. This is all because the Lockwood team wants to save Blue, the raptor, and she's proving a bit hard to catch without him. Fast forward, they get to the island, they work with the Stooges hired by Lockwood uh, and have a handful of dinosaurs that they're actually able to rescue. The rest are left behind. Hashtag sad. But then things actually take a turn for the worse. Surprise, surprise. Claire and Owen end up betrayed. And their enemy isn't who they initially think it is. And the dinosaurs, which are supposed to be sent to some other sanctuary island, end up being shipped to Northern California to the Lockwood Estate to be sold off to the highest bidder. And chaos ensues. Welcome to Jurassic World. Okay, okay, okay. I have lots of thoughts about this movie, and you could probably guess my overall reaction to it if you can even just hear the excitement in my voice right now. Oh my gosh. But I am biased. I'm going to be very straight with you all. So Tuesday, let's hear your thoughts first. Of course. Well, I was actually over the moon about this film, which as far as, you know, the AKA action film category, that's very difficult for me to say. I know. I'm super <laughs> surprised by that. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know if it was because we were watching Jurassic World in IMAX or if it was truly scary, but I was gripping the edges of my <laughs> armrest for most of the film. You know, the special effects are killer. These are the most realistic dinosaurs to date on screen. I mean... We were both so riled up after the film, we couldn't sleep. We were still texting each other at, like, 1 in the morning. That's saying something, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know if you were still freaking out, but I was just like, that was so cool. I loved it. Can I watch it again? I kept going back and forth to it. But I got to jump in and say, you're absolutely right with the special effects. I think that was one of the biggest drawbacks from Jurassic World was the fact that all the dinosaurs were so CGI, and we've gotten to a point with the technology where... I feel like the human eye can detect when something is CGI. It's just, it's too easy for us to pick it out. And with the dinosaurs, they all looked kind of fake. And that also means that the actors' interactions with them didn't feel as authentic. They brought the practical effects back for Fallen Kingdom. And it shows. All the movements just seem a lot more isolated in reality. And the actors, they had something to work with. And it just felt a lot more genuine. It, they managed to bring back that magic from Jurassic Park, which used a lot of practical effects, and apply them here. And, of course, the CGI has improved. So we have those amazing dinosaurs. And the flowing lava didn't hurt either. That was so awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> now, when we're talking acting. Bryce Dallas Howard, aka Claire, was so much more believable at this kind of pace where she was at, where 
I mean, I was one of them. Why the hell is she in heels running through a jungle? Um, in a white uh, pencil skirt suit. Because, you know, we all do that, right? And she's so much more believable as this bleeding heart advocate. I mean, I she, she can play powerhouse boss, but when it comes down to it, I I enjoyed her a lot more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I actually really liked her character progression. Although um, I will say I wasn't as much of on the hate train about the heels. I'm like, yes, it was impractical, but that was kind of the character. But I love how we get to see her grow and she becomes a badass in this film. And, you know, she's running around in boots this time and, and she looks like she really fits the part. And, you know, what's interesting to me is how she becomes an advocate and she uses all her powers of being like an A-type all her her CEO business prowess to, you know, be calling politicians and trying to set up campaigns to save the dinosaurs. And, you know, it's just kind of cool to see that progression. And even when she's on the island or, you know, when they're when they're trying to save the dinosaurs or even running from the dinosaurs, like she's still like got this badassery about her. And I really, really like that a lot. Yeah. Also, Chris Pratt really can do no wrong in my book and he was just as fantastic as he usually is with his quirky little jokes and and fun things and then we have the granddaughter and this was such a fantastic debut for her and she did so well I mean at some points I feel like she was stealing the scenes which is hard when you're dealing with raptors that are nine times your size Let's talk about the plot here and, and what, what the story's doing. So it hits on the usual Jurassic Park tropes of man versus nature. Should we be messing with nature? Nature fights back. Ethical questions about genetic engineering, because if we're going to be really scientific here, these are not real dinosaurs. They've been genetically engineered, reverse engineered. And then if we remember from Jurassic Park, the gaps in their code were filled in with frog DNAs. So if we're going to be purists here, they're not real, real dinosaurs. They're uh, dinosaurs nouveau. But they look pretty darn real. They look pretty darn real. So they, they take all these ideas. And I feel like what this film does is it moves the conversation forward a little bit. So the dinosaurs are off the island. They're on the mainland now. And they're really confronted much more closely with man's greed. So that's always been a part of the conversation. But now, instead of having to have people come to the park, they're selling them off. The scene is actually fantastic in the fact that it made my stomach just turn because it was kind of gross to see Mm -hmm. all these rich guys wanting to buy them for research purposes, for medicine, for... Uh, Big game hunting. Big game hunting. You know, it's just all these feelings were welling up within me about that. And I was just like, no, I can't. Escape, escape. Yeah. I feel like it picked up really well where it it left off. Yeah. Which I did enjoy. Uh, It seems very seamless. You know, something where you know that on a long Saturday you could just watch all of them in succession and it would go seamlessly. Yeah. You know, one thing I liked is how greed gets eaten by nature. Absolutely. <laughs> like quite literally. Literally. Where usually it's fictitious situations, but in this situation it was not. I really enjoy the overall ethical question about the saving of the dinosaurs. And that reads true in a lot of the films. And 
that's what I kind of like about the whole Jurassic series is it's not just action and running from animals and it, you know there's also some deep underlying ethical questions which reminds me a lot of the Dark Knight you know for example when there was a boat of inmates and a boat of citizens and you had to decide who was going to die and who was I mean those kind of crazy psychological questions and ideas that are trickled through an action film is what really gets me through them. And the the crux of Jurassic Park has been, we can do this, but should we? Do you side with the idea that we made them, things got kind of bad, but if they die by this volcano, it's fine because really we were the ones who made it. And you also have the other side, you know, we have a responsibility now because we did make them. And whether you ethically believe we should have or shouldn't have, we now have these and we have to do all everything in our power to take care of them. And it really, for me, I went to bed thinking, you know, what would I feel in that situation? Mm-hmm. Would I think, no, this is so cool. I want to go to the park and I want to see these cool dinosaurs. Or would I say, where do we draw the line? I mean, there's that's even within our current situation today, how much do we want to do with stem cells and how much do we not want to do with stem cells? Because there has to be that finite line where are you playing God? This brings up two interesting practical applications to mind. So the first one is actually artificial intelligence. And that stuff is developing so quickly and so fast. There, there's a line that should not be crossed with artificial intelligence. Are we there yet? Do we need to scale back? It's okay if it's these algorithms are figuring out, you know, I like to shop for cat stuff on Etsy. Fine, you could show me the ad. But when it starts creating on its own, then I feel like, what is this thing that we're dealing with? And then if it gets beyond and it becomes, if you will, a dinosaur, you know, what? how do we take care of it? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very much playing God. On the other side, looking at genetics, you know, there's those news articles out about children who are being created from three parents, Uh which has huge ethical implications. Uh And I'm not sure all those implications have been thoroughly thought through. And these are questions that are happening right now that we're seeing kind of played out in Jurassic World, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, there's plenty of AI films out there that tackle with those issues, but it is. When do we go from there's this bear that talks back to my kid to there's this machine that actually babysits my kid when I go to work. Where do we draw that line? And I think they definitely exposed us a lot more to that in this potentially final film, potentially not. And I liked that aspect. I think overall, uh, whether we're talking about Independence Day or we're talking these films, Jeff Goldblum is completely underrated as a actor overall. You think so? I I think he's had a renaissance of his career. He's all of a sudden the hot ticket item again. Right? And he just kind of seemed to float below the radar for a long time. It's kind of, it's really nice that I was like, oh, we get to see him again. Yay. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of interesting, and this is kind of getting off track here, but like him, Bill Murray, a lot of these actors who kind of were big in the 80s and the 90s and then kind of fell off the famous train, <laughs> uh, I feel like they have Wes Anderson to thank for their career rebirths. There you go. Because Both of them, Bill Murray and Jeff Goldblum, feature in like every single one of his films now. Yeah, because, you know, once Anderson finds a favorite, you're stuck with him. So (laughs) 
yeah, and I don't disagree whatsoever with his choices either. But it was, you know, it, I think it was nice. They they gave him a cameo. He was there for a little bit. He was kind of bookends in the film, which was interesting. As much as I love Jeff Goldblum, I'm glad they didn't, like, stick with him too much. They, Like I said, they took everything and they just pushed it forward. Because I feel like with a lot of the Jurassic Park films and then even with Jurassic World, it was very much like, let's kind of repeat the same pattern, you know, to varying degrees of success. This one, I, I will have to say with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom... I actually think I like it more than Jurassic World, which Whoa. I am a minority and I'm proud of it here when it comes to this review because this movie is worth seeing. It's worth seeing in IMAX. It's probably worth seeing in 3D, although we did not. I couldn't imagine being more scared than I was just watching it in IMAX. So <laughs> if you're looking for jump scares, if you're looking for dinosaurs, you know, keep what we said in mind because it it's such a fun movie and we would love to hear what you guys think. We did warn you, Kaylee is biased, but from the other side of this table, I will say, don't listen to national reviews. This thing is killer and totally worth your time. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for listening. That's it for this episode. Be sure to tell us what you think of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Comment on Facebook, Twitter, the Instagrams. Come follow us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're on both those places. So make sure you add us to our list. Look, we're growing. Yay. Thanks for listening.